We're gonna recap the whole movie. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 404 with a review of 10 Cloverfield Lane. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I am Carson Patrick. And I'm Megan. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Nailed it. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, it is finally here. And by finally, I mean like a month after we found out this movie was coming. We are here to talk about 10 Cloverfield Lane. I, I have a feeling this, this, this episode can be interesting, partially because we're trying not to make it too long, and partially because Carson has been dropping hints that he is not a huge fan of this film. <laughs> so, I, I should be clear, though. You can make it as long as you want. I just might <laughs> vanish mysteriously after mm. a little while. Yeah, yeah, eventually, partway through this, we might run into a problem with our ventilation system, and Stephen might have to go crawl away and try to fix that while the rest of us continue the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Strong opening. Okay, well, should, I mean, the, the, the trailer dropped without any warning, so should we just start the episode without any warning? It's just a red flash of light, and then boom, yeah. it starts. Yeah. Though asking it as a question is sort of giving the warning but it doesn't matter we're, we're, we're gonna do this i'm gonna play the trailer for 10 cloverfield lane and then when we come back we're gonna give you guys a review Something's coming. All right, so that was the trailer for 10 Cloverfield Lane, the new film directed by Dan Trachtenberg. And uh, from the people at Bad Robot, uh, we are basically... The simple side of the story is that a woman's car crashes and she wakes up in some sort of bunker uh, that uh, has been... Bunker? I hardly knew her. (laughs) (laughs) Just Uh, like Shutter Island. (laughs) Damn you guys. Uh, But anyway, so a woman wakes up in bunker and uh, wants to get out of bunker. (laughs) 
But the man says, don't get out of bunker because it's bad outside. Carson, is it is it also bad inside the movie? Take <laughs> my just... wife, please. <laughs> <laughs> or is it just the outside world that's dangerous? Uh, um, where to start? Um, I, how, about, I, how, about, how about at the beginning? Uh, okay. Um, uh, I'm already, I've already lost my train of thought. Um, All right, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I, uh, I, I think that, uh, I think one of the first reactions I had to this movie was, uh, the same reaction I had to another Paramount movie that, um, had a lot of production troubles and ended up with a, uh, completely different third act, uh, which was World War Z, and, um... I kind of thought that that movie didn't really do anything for the genre, the zombie genre. And I feel like this movie doesn't really bring anything to the Cloverfield to, genre. To the yeah, to the Cloverfield <laughs> genre, the uh the new Cloverfield genre that just so happened to uh crop up within the last year. Um but yeah, I don't think this really brings anything new to the table in terms of like uh sci-fi thriller movies. Uh and I didn't hate myself watching this movie. I was actually pretty... I was kind of with it in the beginning. I, I liked the opening of this movie a lot. Um, uh, and then after the... Uh, after, <laughs> after the, the title credits. <laughs> after the title credits, which are actually pretty cool, the way they uh, cut them together, uh, I, it, it kind of it took a hard left um, into Mediocreville because I... I I really don't understand all the raves. I, I, I feel like I say this a lot, but uh, it's true. I don't understand like all the uh, excitement over it because it really just didn't... It didn't really deliver, in my opinion, in terms of, uh, like I said, bringing anything new to the table. And obviously the, uh, the ending of this movie feels... Uh, so seamless, just uh, real, uh, <laughs> real put together, not thrown together at all. Um, but obviously, that would have to require spoilers. But uh, yeah, I think I, uh, I think I actually might be of a different opinion than most people because a lot of people are saying, "Well, I'll save it for then." But uh, I just think the bottom line is the movie is is really mediocre and doesn't bring a lot to the table. Uh, and I think that, uh, I don't know. That's just sort of my general surface level review. There's another comparison I have, but I don't want to open that can of worms right away because, uh, it's sure to draw like a lot of, uh, ire. So, um, anyway. for ire. Is it a a slusho can of worms? No, but I am wearing my slusho t-shirt from Comic-Con. I I tried to make it a theme, you know, back when... The first Cloverfield came out. So you even know, though you're not, you don't support the film, you're still supporting the film. This is a universe-ish. Uh, yeah, I, I support movies that are, you know, planned in advance. So, <laughs> that are, I think I think all movies, by their sheer nature, are planned in advance. Well, you know what I mean, where they're, they're actually start off as, you know, the movie they intended to be. Because um, I feel like, uh, yeah, it just it's just... Uh, I think that the more that I think about it, the more that I, the less that I like it. I, I mean, 
I'm just kind of in a weird place because, like, at first I was just, like, very offended by its mediocrity, kind of in the same way that I had with the movie Gangster Squad. Like, I was just like, you wasted all this talent. Kind of like Triple Nine, how Chris's reaction to Triple Nine was. (laughs) Um, You wasted all this talent on, like, a really cool subject matter. And, uh, like, the fact that it was just so middle of the road made it, like, that much worse. And I feel like this is kind of the same deal. So, like, my reaction to this movie was just, like, very puzzling. Um, anyway. <laughs> All right. Steven, do you share uh, the sentiments of Carson Patrick? Or did this film achieve a little bit higher status for you? I I definitely do not share the sentiments of Carson Patrick. I'm I'm a little curious, actually about that response. I guess maybe it partly has to do with the acclaim and knowing how the movie came about and having heard about it, like leading up to the film. Uh, Cause like you were saying that it doesn't bring anything new that you kept feeling like it wasted all this talent. And in my mind, one thing it definitely did was brought something new to the table. Like it took, it took this genre, the sci-fi, you know, apocalyptic genre and it made it be about something very different. It made it be much more of like an intense pressure cooker character based movie. And I think really like in my mind the movie rises and falls on John Goodman playing his character well. And I think he is far and away like the shining talent of the film and he completely nails it. Like J.K. Simmons did in Whiplash. He he makes this very unnerving imposing character that you get to watch for long periods of time and just be um just be stuck in an enclosed space with and never really know how you feel like is he pure evil is he a good guy who's being misunderstood and i don't know i i thought the tension that he brought to the table and mary elizabeth winstead kind of acting off of him and being a good audience surrogate uh this movie really worked for me. I felt like it was very intense the whole way through. Um, it did a good job of not maintaining utter predictability. I, I think like the opening scene that Carson mentioned is a great example of that. This is like a very confidently made movie that knows when to throw throw in the left field pitch and make it work. Like There are many, many, many places where I physically jumped in this movie not in like a jump scare sense but in a just completely shocked (laughs) at what the movie decided to do um the coda on the opening scene physically made me spill beer all over myself because i was holding it (laughs) the moment it happened (laughs) and um yeah i I just think like dan trackenberg did a really good job of putting me in the headspace of these characters and keeping this kind of pressure cooker intense drama that you know it's more about abuse and standing up to abusers than it is about the apocalypse or sci-fi and it really works that way but the the awesomeness of the third act which i know without spoilers we can't talk about much is it did kind of a safety not guaranteed type thing for me where it decided like in the middle of this otherwise very personal movie we are going to make it explode somehow um hopefully that alone isn't too spoilery but (laughs) basically i really like i like the structure of the movie i like how 
varied its highs and lows were. Like it knew when to be very quiet and personal and when to just be outrageous. And yeah, I, I wouldn't put it up to the level of like a whiplash, but it had the same kind of effect on me of just really really me in with this very intense character study. So yeah, I, I loved it. And I'm a little perplexed actually why Carson didn't, because I feel like this would be his kind of movie. So I don't know. I, I almost feel like Carson would have hated it until the ending, <laughs> just because I could see him liking it, not because he genuinely liked it, but just because of what the ending is. I, I feel like he would walk out super excited. I actually, I actually did. Uh, that was actually my reaction. I, I was trying to avoid that. <laughs> like I, I actually liked the ending the best out of this movie even though it still feels like extremely tacked on and dopey um there's something just so stupid about it that it becomes hilarious um but i did like that sort of i did like the i guess the somewhat out of left field nature of that but it but it wasn't really like steven said that this was a it had a an air of unpredictability but i think there was there was no unpredictability uh, in this movie. I think it was all completely predictable because there's only there's only really three outcomes that this movie could end with, you know? And I feel like that it wasn't going to take any giant leaps to surprise you at the end. Um, so I, I just sat there thinking like, okay, well, we know she's going to get out of the cellar because that's in the trailer, <laughs> Um, so you're just waiting the whole time going like, when the f*** is she going to get out? Um, <laughs> when are these apes going to rise? <laughs> exactly. When is she going to rise out of this damn cellar? This woman. Um, so I just think that the, the, everything that happens in the cellar, uh, is sort of just a hodgepodge of a lot of unoriginal themes and ideas from better uh, sci-fi movies and thriller movies, um, and uh, like, there's nothing that stands out. Uh, I, I do agree that John Goodman is very good in this movie. I, I would hope that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's completely a jokey answer, but I would love to see John Goodman just play the same crazy guy in every new Cloverfield anthology <laughs> movie. Uh, just have him <laughs> pop up somewhere uh, would be would would be fun. Um, I thought all the actors, you know, were were very good, and I thought that the the sound design in the in the film was very very good. Uh, I think that uh, you know Stephen mentioned some jump scares. Uh, the anytime John Goodman opened that door to Mary Elizabeth Winstead's uh, room uh, was like just loud as shit. Like it was just very <laughs> like well designed. Uh, uh, sound, you know. So that that confirms, uh, as we were walking away from the theater uh, last night, I was talking with Stephen about the fact that I couldn't tell whether the, because we saw it in a very small theater with like three rows of seats, and I couldn't tell whether like that theater had it just cranked way too loud or if that was the intended sound design because it, it fit perfectly with what I was watching, but it also hurt my ears <laughs> to watch it. Like, Yeah. But I, I, it sounds like that's just the way it is. Yeah, it was loud. which which I'm perfectly fine with that being the choice. It 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 didn't it didn't bother me that it was like that, but it was so loud that I wondered if it was supposed to be like that. Yeah, 
if that makes uh, sense. I just think a lot of the other things that I had problems with aren't isn't really uh like non-spoiler territory, so Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go on to my thoughts on the film then. Um I, I really enjoyed this film also. Uh I think that um some of your complaints about it not bringing anything new to the sci-fi genre and stuff. I, 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 watching the film, I kind of almost forgot that this was supposed to be loosely linked to Cloverfield-related material. Like, I was enough invested in the film that, like, I didn't really care how it was going to end, um, even though I had people, like, multiple people teasing me <laughs> leading up to actually finally getting to see it about wanting to spoil things about it. Um I I was just I was just genuinely invested in the film. Um I think I think my biggest complaints um I I didn't like aspects of the ending and not because like I'm 100% stoked and I loved the spiritual idea of what the ending is and I'm using spiritual not in the li- literal sense but like I I like what the film chose to do and I 100% support that. I just don't like the amount of time they devoted to where it went. Um and I really did not like uh, John Gallagher Jr.'s character at all. Like, I <laughs> I, I feel like... His, his, char- his character was literally guy with a broken arm. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> like, it was that was his like, character. It was sort of like hillbilly guy with yeah, broken arm. hillbilly guy with broken arm. Yeah, and, and, and I, like, the way, like, he was delivering lines as if he was in a different movie. Like, I imagine... Yeah, he was in Short Term 12, and it was yeah. fine. <laughs> no, 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 but, like, like... Like, Carson's already said he doesn't like this film, so I imagine that, like, his character is the table read version of Carson already knowing he doesn't like the film, going back in time, <laughs> and then doing the table read for the movie. Like, the, like it just it just seemed like he didn't, his character didn't get it. <laughs> like, I mean, I, 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 would, I would say, yes, his character is the least... Uh, developed. I'd say all the characters are pretty thin. Like, I mean, she's just, you know, I'm divorced woman who gets abducted, and then John Goodman is just crazy was, guy. Was she actually married, or was she engaged? Okay, engaged. So she she broke off her, you know, her marriage potential marriage. She wanted to be free from domestication, but yet she was captured and domesticated again. Ah, how ironic. <laughs> anyway so 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 beyond that i i really enjoyed the film um and i think why i enjoy it is because maybe it's not trying to break the mold with with everything it's doing um in any genre that it could potentially be set in but i really like the idea of us not really knowing where not necessarily where the story is going but we don't know the extent to what different characters motivations are between their actions really like all we know is like i'm in a thing that i want to escape from and i literally have no clue what's outside these walls like i am trapped here i can't tell whether the person who's holding me believes anything he's saying or if he's just saying like there, there's this the the mystery is sort of understanding john goodman's like motivations in any action that he takes like that is the thing that provides the suspense it's like for me it wasn't 
it wasn't just that she was trapped there. It was why she was trapped there that really kept me going through the film. And every time we got little layered bits of pieces that either, you know, flipped the situation on its head or added new insight, it, it was, it was like, I, I thought deeply compelling. Um, I have a little bit of a gripe in that, like, John Goodman seems to choose the exact words that make all of his statements ambiguous. <laughs> and it's it's almost a very convenient way. Like, the, the, the situation could be alleviated if he would just choose better words. <laughs> and um, at times that kind of bothered me a tiny bit, but I really like... I really like the atmosphere and I do like the situation that these characters are in and the way we get sprinkled bits of information added to the story. And uh, yeah, like I was legitimately terrified, legitimately creeped out at moments. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 I think, I think it's really, um, it's a very fun movie in that sense of like just being on edge the entire time and I I did not feel disappointed when I walked out. Like, I, I would say to the point of whether it brings something new to the genre, it, it's one reason why I would, I probably think the movie would have been better served if it hadn't been advertised as a Cloverfield sequel <laughs> at the last minute. Because I think the, the genre bending or like the the way that it lets you not actually be sure what genre you're in is one of the strengths of the movie. And, like, it's kind of unfortunate that the whole marketing campaign makes you be primed for it to be one thing in, instead of just letting it be a mystery. Yeah. And even even the ways that it feels like it wants to connect, it doesn't feel like they necessarily connect. Like, you, like Carson is talking about, like, feeling like the third act doesn't belong in the film or it was added after the fact. I feel like you could disassociate it completely with Cloverfield and completely erase the entire marketing campaign and leave this film exactly as it is in this movie and uh like it, it wouldn't like it wouldn't feel incorrect like it, it 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 feels even if you disassociate it like it it wants to be what it is um and i don't think watching it that it requires it to be in that universe i think it's more of a a fun thing to it, it's like an easter egg that isn't an easter egg it's just an egg they're handing you <laughs> you know what i mean right uh, i think the connection is pointless basically yeah yeah i mean it's a tricky situation because i mean this movie is this movie is tainted from the get-go because the the minute they decided to uh change it into this sort of cloverfield uh, blood relative as jj abrams has dubbed it uh it, it became like a thing where you know now you're you're like well what if what if it didn't have this ending what if it had its original ending uh you know what if it was still called the seller or valencia and it's and it had this ending um you know you kind of have to you kind of look at it that way and i still don't think it would be a good movie any way you look at it, because even if you had uh, the non-sci-fi ending and it was not, you know, associated with Cloverfield, I still think it would just be a very, like, standard thriller movie that could only end... I said three outcomes. I think there's only really, like, two outcomes this way this movie could end, um, which I will get into. But I think what it just chops... I mean, it, it kind of 
boils down to like a really boring version of saw like that's what kind of it feels like um i and i know that there's probably other things that it that it's probably a better reference than that but uh that i can't think of right now but uh i I just think that uh yeah like i think that this whole like this whole time the whole time they're in the cellar like there's nothing that happens that took me off guard except for one moment um but that's spoilery (laughs) and um like i i actually was like okay i wasn't expecting that but other than that like everything falls the exactly the way you think it's going to and um i don't know if i should i guess i'll wait but I, i i don't know like i don't think it's a spoiler to say um the, the... <laughs> just keep talking but i might edit you a little bit okay well the the other movie i i was going to compare it to which i know is going to open a can of worms but uh me watching this movie is how chris felt watching the movie tusk and i think this movie has <laughs> a lot of similarities with tusk weirdly i mean you got to agree with that like a, a person gets abducted uh and held against their will and uh, there's a. Um, well, it was re- really weird when John Goodman sewed together uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's legs <laughs> and then screwed some tusks into her face. But I just think that something like Tusk is way more. I mean, I'm not saying that like Tusk is the best movie, uh, but I sure as f- hope not. <laughs> it's 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 a very fun movie, and you know. That is a movie that is completely unpredictable. I feel like the 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 fact that you know that is something that is something that you know at least I haven't seen before when I saw Tusk, and I know that like the reveal of Justin Long as a walrus will be forever seared into my brain. Like I feel like there's there's no element of that in this movie. I feel like that uh, this is a case of hey, like give me something original and then something like tusk comes along and everyone's like no nah, that and it's rejected and it's like okay but you know then then something like this comes along and it gets praised i mean i don't know why like it doesn't make sense to me because it's it seems kind of like the the whole like give me something original but don't well okay so so i want to i want to make a different comparison because i feel like we're comparing it to to things that that don't uh, accent the things that this film does well. So let's 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 do something crazy and let's compare this to a film like Room, right? Like right. one of the complaints I had about the film Room is we don't really know the motivation of Old Nick. Like he's sort of just this guy who appears and periodically has sex with Brie Larson, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's that's the thing that makes him scary. The thing that makes her him scary is that she's captured there and she's been there and she's psychologically suffering and it's just a bad situation but we don't know anything about this guy we don't know what he does we have no idea his motivation for capturing her her we have no idea why he thinks he should continue to keep her there we have we literally have no idea he exists only to be a threatening figure who we know nothing about who for whatever reason brie larson can't do anything about in this film every new piece of information we get about john goodman makes him scarier like you don't know whether he's crazy, whether he's sadistic, whether he's just a good-natured man, like he's a, he's a John Goodman. Um, you're re- like the whole film is trying to figure out, like, because I mean, like, he, he, like his his opening line of dialogue 
right? Like uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead has woken up in, in this thing and she's like, like, what are you going to do to me? And he's like, I'm keeping you alive. And like that statement, he, he could have just been like, hey, I rescued you and I'm trying to nurse you back to health. You know, he could have said anything. But like even the statement, you don't know what that means. Like keeping her alive for what? Like to do something worse to her later? Like nurse her back to health so he can like do whatever? Like there's a constant fear of like, is he trying to help her, hurt her, make her better, like keep her there for nefarious reasons? Like you don't know why he is that way. And like that alone is doing it better than Room did it. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't disagree with you there. I mean, I didn't like Room. I didn't like Room, that period. Um, <laughs> so maybe I, it was a bad example. Well, I mean, I, I just think that Room is kind of similar to this where like I didn't hate it, but I sat there thinking – this whole movie is, it's predictable and it's not bringing anything new to this genre. And I think that in the case of Room, the director, I had more, I had higher hopes from that director since he did Frank and what Richard did, which are like two really unique movies. And like, to me, Room didn't feel unique. And I think that the, your problem with old Nick not having a backstory, I, that's totally fine. Like, dude, people are f- up like that's <laughs> i don't need i don't need a backstory as to why you know uh that's like saying that's like saying why did the singer of lost prophets f- a baby it's like i don't know okay Jesus you Christ. just don't need you don't need a backstory for that because people are crazy um anyway uh i think that uh i think that in 10 cloverfield lane though i think john goodman's character has a creepy nature to him, but I think that how it's resolved is exactly how you think it's going to be. And I just thought of the movie that uh, I was trying to think of, um, Take Shelter with Michael Shannon. Like, I think that is a, another example of a movie that has a sort of sci-fi element to it. Um, and also has strangely, um, (laughs) If someone were to yell out, just like take shelter at the end of this movie, it would be kind of fitting because it's uh, sort of true. Um, But uh, it has similar outcomes and there's similar ideas in that movie and uh, that it's presented a lot more frightening, unique way. Plus, like, I just think that the, the depth of the character development is just too shallow in this movie. Like, I, I just think that John Goodman is no more than just crazy conspiracy theorist guy yeah i don't know so i haven't seen take shelter from from what i know of jeff nichols it sounds like a good comparison (laughs) like that's definitely what i thought that movie was and the trailer for midnight special also seems to like fit in that same subgenre of things that like pull sci-fi twists but are not primarily sci-fi movies um yeah i just the I don't know. I mean, so Chris was comparing uh, the character of Howard to the character of Old Nick with like, you know, Old Nick, we don't get to know anything about his motivation with Howard, you do. You were saying he's kind of a very uh, thin character, one dimensional, like we know he is crazy and we don't know anything else. I feel like no one in this movie is layered in the sense that like, they are real people and we feel like, oh, this is a real person and I've learned more about them. But I think they're emotionally layered in an interesting way. And I, I thought the way John Goodman 
his character gets revealed over the movie and they let us kind of toy with whether we feel empathy for him, whether we feel fear from him, what what exactly he is. I I thought that was still pretty layered. Like, I, I don't mean I can recap at the end his character and write a long Wikipedia article about these are his motivations and his conflicting beliefs. And I don't think that's the point. I think the point is the the sense of fear and being dominated by someone and never having exactly a monster to deal with, just having this very... um How to fight a monster who doesn't know he's a monster, basically. And And I think that was an interesting character dynamic that I haven't I haven't really seen that before. I mean maybe maybe there are some references that I'm not getting, but I can't really name another character that I felt quite that way about. I mean John Goodman definitely has the most depth of the three characters in this movie, but I just think the depth in which he has isn't anything that's interesting. I I mean I I wholeheartedly disagree. I mean I thought he he has stuff that like we can't get to because of spoilers that really makes him an incredibly f- potentially frightening person. And I think that this film is con- more concerned about like it's he, he, it's a, it's a character put in a situation in which the character himself in like quote unquote, the real world before whatever made him dive down into a cellar, he was already a potentially threatening and or frightening person. And now in the context that he believes that he's in, he may be a legitimately fine person, but like deep inside himself, the other person still exists. Like there's, I, I think there's a huge complexity to who he is. And I think that while the film tries to make you lean one way or another on on who he is as a character the character versus the situation creates a complexity that is like more complex than just who he's written as moving forward like it i, I don't know the best way to say it. i i just think that it it's it's you know he's he's like the savior and the villain at the same time in theory i don't know i don't know i just think in terms of movie kidnappers Somebody like Michael Parks and Tusk is a lot more interesting to me. But like, but like Michael Parks and, T- and Tusk is is just he's just a sadistic bad guy who wants to turn a person into a walrus because one time, like yeah. he was in love with a walrus or whatever. <laughs> right? Like what's the plot of the movie? Because <laughs> well, the, the walrus, the walrus saved him. Yeah, yeah, oh, the I wa- see. walrus saved him. But then, like, I mean, I, I, do, do you, Carson? Do you care if I spoil Tusk? Well, I've seen it, so... No, I just mean, do you think... Like, I, I think that movie's trash, and I, I, fe- I don't feel bad about spoiling it, so... I mean, I don't I don't care about about any spoilers. I mean, it's not... I, I don't know. Like, I just think that... I think that... Uh, I'm just trying to think of, you know, something that at least came at it from a different angle, you know? Yeah, well, spoilers for Tusk, so don't listen for 30 or 60 seconds if you really believe that you need to see uh, the movie Tusk. But basically... Tusk is the story of a man who was like in the Navy or something and their ship went down and he was rescued by, you know, this, this big ass creature in the water. And, uh, basically they became good friends and pals, but eventually the guy got to the point where he needed to survive. So he like killed and ate 
<laughs> the, uh, the whatever. What's the word for the animal? Yeah, which I think is what John Goodman did. <laughs> <laughs> but no, basically, he wants to turn another person into uh, a walrus. In, into a walrus, yeah. Just for the purpose of like having a walrus friend who he can keep alive and not kill this time. Yeah, that's the, that's the whole kid and caboodle or whatever. Yeah, well, I'm just saying if John Goodman was had a little more that to his character um then i think it would have added something a little more interesting like can you imagine if if mary elizabeth winstead woke up dressed as a doll <laughs> and john goodman's entire cellar was decked out like the the pedos like sarah's room right i was just gonna say <laughs> that because chris thinks it's creepy for some reason uh, but i was gonna say like the like the like the pedophiles and running scared, like something like that, or or like my girlfriend's apartment, um, since Chris finds it very creepy. But she can has you imagine, like nine thousand dolls. Can you imagine if John Goodman was praying to dolls and like the whole thing looked like a children's <laughs> room, and like she was living in that, like that would have been fucking scary. And yeah, but it would be a very wearing... oh, the the way the movie lets you question what you believe and who you believe would never work in that scenario (laughs) oh i think it would if you had if it had better writing if it had better writing than just you know two characters going like well i uh tried to get on a bus but missed it and uh well i saw i saw a a man yelling at his daughter in the supermarket and i did nothing about it character (laughs) development like, that scene was laughable, dude. First like, they came for the daughter in the supermarket, and I did nothing about it because I wasn't a daughter in the supermarket. When when they were talking, like, when their backs are against the wall and they're having, like, a heart-to-heart moment, like, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that wasn't very good. Like, that was, like, the, it was just, like, okay, like, I get where they're going with it, but, like, it's not anything more interesting, you know? It's not, like... It's not like, say, uh, The Hateful Eight, where they're all trapped in one location. Like, that's a much better use of one location and of uh, characters. Well, they also weren't being held there by somebody. They were all being held there by a storm, and they were all characters who wouldn't trust each other. Like, this this is not like... There but wasn't ex- like there wasn't a stagecoach accident and they woke up chained no, to a wall in a locked room the in the thing, middle of Minnie's haberdashery. I'm not saying it's the same thing, but it's the it's a chamber piece. And that's the same. I mean, it's it's got it's got characters who are primarily in one location, and you know, I feel like that's a much better example of at least how to make something interesting out of out of one location because. Otherwise, it just ends up getting boring, which is how this movie did to me. Anyway, I, I feel like you guys have more to resolve in spoiler section. And unfortunately, I won't be able to survive to uh, to see spoiler section. Oh, no. I did get uh, I got contaminated with something on my <laughs> drive over here. And <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a ticking cock. You're going to leave me alone with this monster? Chris just... <laughs> Spoilers. Dude. <laughs> uh, well, I knew it was going to get bleeped anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow's head was in the bucket. It was. <laughs> I was actually surprised when that happened. I was like, oh, wow. That's the scene you were talking about earlier, right? I haven't seen this one before. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, before you head out, Stephen, do you want to let everybody know where they can find you? Uh, yeah, if people want to find me, they can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. Wait, but what would you, what would he give it though? He oh, didn't yeah, give what a rating. What would you give this film, Stephen? 
Oh, I would give it a must-see. I think this was great. It was really cool. And I don't think it was like in the same echelon as some of the movies I compared it to, like a Whiplash or something. But I do, I really liked what it did with tension. And I think it was a very effective psychological thriller. So yeah, I I dug it. Cool. Um, yeah, do you want to head out then and then Carson and I can try to wrap it up? All right, so uh, Stephen just took off, so we will. Uh, I think I think it would be good to have at least a tiny bit of spoilers because um, th- like, just I, a little bit, yeah. Well, I definitely want to talk about the ending because it sounds like you enjoyed the like the. I I feel like this ending has an ending similar to um, like on the level, not not on the level, but like a a a level close to like the Babadook's ending. <laughs> And and I feel like it doesn't need to have that. Like it, it could just it could just make a uh, a a simple statement and then um, mm. and like like I wish this was like a a, a Batman Jalig type of written ending, <laughs> whatever his name is. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the ending where it shows like like a five second visual thing that calls into question the rest of the film and then just ends and lets you think about that. Right. Right. Like like how in Saw. <laughs> that that was I was just kidding. <laughs> We're gonna recap the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> like that. All right. And then it's like, oh shit! It all came together. Yeah. I know what you mean, though. You you wanted her to like step out. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. We have, we haven't, we haven't completely. Hold on. Let's let's. I thought we were. I thought we already blared the horn here. Uh, before we get into it too much, let's let's go ahead and just do do the official wrap up. We can give it our our, our ratings, and then uh, then we will then we can get into spoilers so we can really talk about it because we sort of were about to so- sound the spoiler alarm, but uh, yeah, we, we we need to do the official thing first. So Carson, Stephen gives us a must see. What would you give this? Uh, I was trying to look and see what I gave World War Z. Uh, I think I gave that a pass. Um, I, I'll give it a pass. I don't think it's terrible, but it's just very, like, bland. <laughs> I, I, I like how you, st- you start out with, like, oh, I'm just going to rip this thing to shreds, and then you're just like, eh, it's not that bad. Well, I mean, it's funny because there's a lot to talk about in this movie. Most of it is negative, but, I mean, I didn't hate myself watching it. I wasn't, like, uh... You know, it's not like when I was watching, you know, Finest Hours or something, where I was just like rolling my eyes, you know. All right. So, so should, should it, would it be fair to say that part of part of what you don't like about the film is how much it's being celebrated versus how you feel the quality is? Yeah, I mean, that's a part of it. Is sort of you know, at first it was my bafflement at at how how much praise it was getting. And now I'm kind of just like, whatever. I'm usually the uh, lone man out on these type of movies. Um, and there was a certain sort of, I guess, fitting... I, I don't know, like, I do see the appeal of the movie, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. Well, we're, gonna, we're about to get into it, so I'll just, I'll just say this is a must-see for me. Um, I feel like... I, know, there's, there, I have a bunch of complex thoughts about the context for which this film is being viewed by a lot of people. But I think if you disassociate it from 
Cloverfield and you just watch it as it is and you can just go into it without any Cloverfield expectations, I think it still holds up and it's a, it's a really interesting and compelling film to me. Um, all of my... Like I, as I said before, I'm I'm totally on board with where this film goes by the end of it. I just don't think you needed to spend so much time trying to sell me on what you wanted the ending to be, um, because I was fine with it before you spent the last ten minutes in that ending. Um, but yeah, still, still a a must see for me. All right, and now through the magic of editing. We are taking off. We're about to get to spoilers in a little bit. But before we go, we want to let you know that uh, you can find all the back episodes of the show over at thespoilerwarning.com. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or uh, like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Uh, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Cloverfield. So uh, hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah, the music is going to fade up. And then when it fades back out, we will be in spoiler territory. So if you haven't seen the film yet, don't listen. If you have seen the film, then uh, stick with us. All right. Talk to you later. so we are back and we are in full-blown spoiler territory for our review of 10 cloverfield lane um yeah so so i, I guess er, earlier so we'll, we'll, let's just talk about the ending first so okay uh I, I was joking with you earlier in the episode that like <laughs> when the ending happened i was like i bet this is the moment where carson finally started to like the movie <laughs> and then you already said that it, it sort of worked for you um uh, and that you did actually enjoy it. So before we get there, I'll explain the thing that I think I'll be cutting out of the episode before we get here. Um, so it, basically, in, in context, I I really like that this film calls into question whether John Goodman is just a crazy person who has invented this like crazy idea of like this whatever is happening outside and is keeping this girl there for weird conspiracy reasons. Like he's clearly a man who built a bomb shelter because he's a little bit nuts and he thinks now he's proven to him like he, he's the equivalent of the pilot from independence day right <laughs> where he's like i knew they'd come back oh yeah randy quaid yeah. yeah yeah so he's basically like that character and he uh he has built a shelter and now he has a girl there and he's holding her and like you don't know whether there's really a threat outside and the film starts peppering in things that go like oh no there might be a legitimate problem outside and he might still be saving her, but he clearly also has issues, and those issues could be a problem even if exiting would be dangerous, right? So I really like that at the end of the film, there is actually an alien invasion happening. Like, I, I, if this film would have been her exiting the compound, finally escaping, standing up on the car to look at what she thinks might be like military helicopters or something off in the distance or even just another vehicle somewhere... And she saw like, you know, some crazy War of the World style, like a bunch of alien ships in different places moving about. Yeah. And then it just cut to black. And it was like her, I think, I think at that moment she looks up and she's like, 
you got to be fucking kidding me or something like that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I she think says, you got to be kidding me, yeah. <laughs> she drops an F-bomb though, right? She drops an F-bomb later after she throws the Molotov cocktail into the butthole. Okay, I got and you. And she's <laughs> like, oh, f-. Well, so like, I, I, think, I think it's a really ballsy move to go like, yeah, when he was talking about possibly Martians coming, that like it literally was aliens. Like I'm, I'm super on board with that. I love that ending. What I don't like is them trying to sell us on it by like having the ship drop off the creature that chases her and then her nearly, esca- nearly escaping that. And then as you mentioned already, like her having to throw a Molotov cocktail into the alien to try to kill it and escape. Like that, all that stuff seemed completely unnecessary because you've already got the punch. The punch is that like she escaped from the crazy man who was actually not crazy. Um, and then even that, I'm still celebrating that because the man was a deviant. Like he captured women and he at least captured one girl and was clearly having an inappropriate relationship with her against her will. Um, so he's clearly a bad person, but like he's not crazy. Like aliens were real and he was keeping her there to keep her safe. But like I, I think the character is complex and I really like the ending. I just wish they wouldn't have spent that much time on it. Um, the thing that I cannot excuse is the stupid moment where she's driving down the freeway at the very end. <laughs> and, and it's like... You mean you didn't like that shot where the mailbox hits the road and it says 10 Cloverfield on it? No, that's not what I'm complaining about. No, what I'm I complaining about is the end end where she's oh, driving to the yeah. last... She's, she's, she's driving past the sign that says Alive in Tucson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which uh, it doesn't say alive in Tucson, but no. I'm just referencing Last Man on Earth. But anyways, uh, for the for people who listening, who there's the radio. The she hears on the radio. Yeah, so, so radio the radio signal. says like, "Oh look, the survivors are in this city." Right. However, if you're a medical doctor or a soldier, head over to this other city because we need your help. <laughs> or if and you know she, how to uh, defeat alien ships with Molotov cocktails. Yeah. So so basically, she like thinks for a second, backs her car up, and then takes the left turn to go help out with the doctors and the military soldiers. Yeah. But she's not qualified to do any of that. Like, so so right now I'm playing this game that just got released called The Division, right? And it's set in a world where on Black Friday, this virus gets released that wipes out, like, a shit ton of the planet or whatever. And basically gangs of people are running through the cities and you play part of this special division of people who are trying to, like, help the little guys against the bad guys and clean up the city and stop the virus and whatever whatever the plot of the game eventually turns out to be. This ending feels like the way that game should end. Like, it's like, we came together and we saved everybody and we decided that we have to continue to save people so we'll make a left turn instead of going straight to the Survivor City because we can go and help people. Like, it was like a stupidly unnecessary ending which is really just setting up that, like, more movies can happen in this world right Right. like that's what it feels like and oh that's totally what it is that really bothered me but if this film would have been like oh shit there are spaceships in the sky like like basically if you took any shot of the skyline from uh district nine and just put that in the background of her getting out of the compound and let her see that you could have ended the movie and i would have been totally on board because you ended it perfectly um I really just I didn't care for the uh, the extended amount of time we had to sit in there w- with like flying ships and weird alien dog creatures. I mean, come on, she's going to Houston to give everybody her expert fashion advice. Duh, she's gonna clothe everybody. <laughs> um, 
She's going to teach people how to make uh, breathing apparatuses out of soda bottles. Duh. Um, but, but, but so, so what did you really, really like about the ending? Just the, the bad shit craziness I of it? I like that it was... It, it felt kind of meta, especially when she came out and saw the ship and just said, you've got to be kidding me. It's like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel right now because you just, you just ended one crappy movie and started a new 15-minute crappy movie. And uh, I... <laughs> Like, something about that, the the fact that it just felt not seamless at all and so tacked on, like, the minute it started, I was like, oh, well, this is where, this is where the reshoots happened, um, and I think that there was something just, like, so silly about it that I was just sort of like, okay, well, at least something's happening right now, like, she's at least out of the cellar's, um... It doesn't look all fluorescent and green. Uh, there's like some natural colors at least. And, um, you know, she's trying to at least do something. Um, everything else that happens in that is pretty pretty eye-rolling. Um, but it was almost like... I don't know, just, it just... It almost felt like the... I don't want to say the gall, but like just the fact that like... Why didn't they just have it be the Cloverfield monster? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I mean, why beat around this whole, like, blood relative spiritual sequel thing? You know, why didn't they just go full out? But, I mean, I guess that wouldn't have really made sense given the fact that, like, it clearly was set in present day, or at least after 2010, since she had, like, an iPhone 6 or some yeah, kind it, of it's, iPhone. It, it's, it was older than that, but still, it is a yeah. little weird that, like, in a world in which a giant monster destroyed New York that the idea that uh there could be any kind of war or aliens or anything would seem that like i feel like in a world where and like a major city is destroyed by a giant creature it nobody would think a person was a weirdo for for building a bomb shelter <laughs> no i know i mean i but i i i saw like some articles or, or an article online about you know people already trying to like theorize like what this stuff means and like is this movie taking place in the same universe i mean is it taking place in the same universe is it taking place in like a parallel universe you know like a parallel timeline like where exactly does this link up if it does at all with cloverfield um and you know are these aliens that we see at the end uh relatives are they actual are they literal blood relatives like jj abrams described um you know and and it's like i feel like that's putting way too much thought into like a mythology that they just kind of pulled out of their ass you know like i feel like to me it didn't feel like so much thought was put into the end of this movie other than hey we have an opportunity to salvage a not so great movie and kind of link it to Cloverfield, and then we're yeah. going to call it Ten Cloverfield Lane. Like, well, so, so so let's let's have a little bit deeper conversation about that though, because like, I, I I definitely know that not everybody loved Cloverfield as much as I did. I mean, that the year that that movie came out, I think I had it at number five of my top five or something like that. Um, I mean, I I I mean, I think Cloverfield is is great. I mean, it's probably still it is still one of the best examples of a found footage movie. I mean, it was one of the first in that wave of, you know, movies, and it's 
still probably the best next to like Chronicle, you know, in that yeah, recent yeah. trend. Well, yeah, but but my my point is just that like I I so f- for me the, for me the thing that excited me the most about getting to see this film was uh was was Dan Trent- Trachtenberg's name on this film. Like I've been waiting for a long time to see his first you know directorial debut picture. Um, and I liked the idea that it would be in some way connected to Cloverfield, but I was mostly excited for his name being attached and the way they delivered this as a surprise. Like this, this is the type of thing that like I should have heard of on Twitter long before the trailer came out, but suddenly it was like, oh, f- this this trailer just dropped. Holy shit! Like this is this is his movie. And I think the way it was released was more exciting than the fact that it was related to Cloverfield. Like I'm a huge fan of Cloverfield, but. I didn't need this to connect in that strong a way. So whenever I saw the trailer in theaters and like, so when I see movies in theaters, all the trailers that play are trailers that I've seen like six or seven times already. But most of the people in my audiences are seeing it for the first time. And the only, I never heard when the trailer would end and it would say Cloverfield and then slowly reveal the tan and the lane. Yeah. People's reaction was not like, yeah, people's reactions were like Cloverfield. Was that movie good? Like, because yeah. like, it, it, it came was, out almost ten years ago. But it was it was always like it was either negative or completely un under like it was either negative or they had literally no clue what what the association was. So I feel like the way they dropped the trailer generated excitement for it, and I and I don't see that as a problem. Um, I don't like. No, I mean it's not a problem at all. Like everybody, everybody uh, bought it hook, line, and sinker. In terms of getting excited about something that's potentially Cloverfield related, but but I feel like they might have leaned heavier into the ending of this film. But I think that it being aliens was always the idea. Like, oh yeah, I, like so. I was trying to say it ambiguously early on in the episode. Hopefully, in one of the parts that I didn't edit out. But like, I feel like this film did like spiritually do what it wanted to do and i don't know a better word using spiritually it sounds weird but like it it did what it wanted to accomplish by the end of the film and then it just leaned way too heavily on that to present it in a way that would sort of like you know make it feel more like cloverfield but like i I wish there was a universe in which people would get excited to see this movie without that association but then at the same time i feel like the association isn't that strong for people who weren't really big fans of cloverfield Uh, like i said before it's a tainted movie because of what they did so um i think that the fact that i think cloverfield was obviously well received um and i mean obviously there are detractors but i think that like so much time has passed that like i feel like people online would be excited about a legitimate Cloverfield sequel, but like there are people who probably, you know, like teenagers, which is what this movie is marketed toward. Like who would just be like, what is that? Like, I feel like too much time has passed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, if this were a a legit Cloverfield sequel, like they would be, you would know for sure. I mean, I think that uh, obviously the, having you know cloverfield even even at the beginning of this movie like cloverfield came up first and then the 10 in the lane um you know like how the trailer did and i think that was i mean all of that was deliberate to get people to to think like that this was an actual sequel um 
and I think well, in, in all fairness too, like I mean, for, they, they let that go for a week, and then during the second week, like everybody was making the rounds, going like, "All right, look, it's not a sequel; it's more sort of related." <laughs> Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, like, Joe Blow moviegoer who sees that trailer and doesn't read movie sites and stuff is gonna, their first reaction is probably going to be, oh, Cloverfield sequel, if they recognize the name and the property, you know? Yeah. That's, that was what they were hoping for, and I think that, um, and, and I know that in the original ending to, um, the seller or Valencia, whatever it was going to be called initially. Um, there is no aliens. There's, there's, I think it's alluded to like how it is in the movie, but it ends with her, uh, escaping driving. And then she gets to like, she goes over a hill and sees like the, the cityscape and everything's destroyed and the movie ends, but you don't know if it's, you know, from aliens or an attack. You just kind of get the fact that it's from like a, a giant, you know, a, like nuclear attack or something. Yeah. It, it, it's not the spiritual successor to Cloverfield. It's the spiritual su- successor to Skyline. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, but even in, even if they had kept it in that form um, and released this movie either under the name The Seller of Valencia, I don't, like, the interest there would not, wouldn't be... The interest would be moot. Like, no one would care. Um, well, I think there's a huge population of the internet that would care <laughs> just because Dan Trachtenberg's name's on it. Yeah, but, but that doesn't that doesn't translate to, you know, yeah, it's not box enough office. dollars. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's like the, it's like the Scott Pilgrim scenario where, like, if you looked online, you'd think that Scott Pilgrim was going to make a billion dollars opening weekend, but it didn't because, you know, that, that population is, is, inherently small compared to you know the population of the u.s yeah so uh, it's understandable from a business standpoint what they did but i think that it doesn't help it doesn't really help the movie in in one making it better and two the the fact of like you know uh, of of causing this you know could this sort of confusion as to whether or not you know how it links up to cloverfield if at all like obviously like i guess you know they are trying to do like a twilighty zone anthology kind of thing which i can get behind but um you know not when they're just going to take a pre-existing a movie that was finished and then all of a sudden go back and reshoot to and and rescript things to make it fit into this mold like it dude if they want to make you know anthology cloverfield movies that's fine it's just that i feel like this was a case where it just wasn't very good to begin with and them tinkering with it didn't make it any better um and i don't really think that is i don't really think that's dan trachtenberg's doing like i i think that the script for this movie wasn't strong I think that that portal short that he did was I, I enjoyed that. I, I, I like that a lot. I think that is a I think he clearly has the chops. Um obviously I don't play the portal video game, but I as a you know, as a well made short, that was obviously an example of one, you know. Yeah, yeah. So um and I think that there 
there is skill here, but I just don't think that anything on display in, in, in my eyes is something that like, I'm super excited about. Like, obviously I don't have a sort of attachment and obviously I don't have the attachment of listening to someone like Jeff Canada talk about, you know, him <laughs> watching this movie and getting super teary eyed. I mean, something about that is, is obviously to hear a friend talk about their best friend, you know, and seeing their movie, there's, there's something moving about that. You know, he was obviously being very genuine and, uh, you know, it's just like a whole different experience, you know, like, well, I mean, and and I totally like support that. I mean, I, I I was super excited to see, like, I, I don't know Dan Trachtenberg. I've never met him. Um, but I have followed him, since like the early days of geek drome and stuff like that and this was like there are a lot of directors that i get excited about and when i watch the movies i'm excited for myself like i'm excited to see the movie that they give me so that i can be excited about this i walked into this movie excited for dan and that really does change your your expectation i mean like like every time we see a christopher nolan movie i'm like really excited but scared that it can't live up to other christopher nolan movies and like i was disappointed by interstellar because it it like it was finally a movie that like (laughs) i didn't think was good at all yeah Um, but i've never really watched a movie where i wanted it to be good because i want the person to who made it to have succeeded and if i was like best friends with that guy like i it would be even a bigger deal I mean, I will say that I know that I think last episode, you know, you're kind of joking like, oh, well, Carson's been against this movie. And it's like, well, I, I mean, I'm not really against it. I was never against it. I was just very, I was just highly skeptical because of all the behind the scenes shenanigans that have going on. It's like, there's no, anytime this happens for a movie, it always isn't like 99.9% of the time. Does it actually end up being really good? Uh, in my opinion. And I think that the trailer for this movie was really well done. Like it, it did its job correctly. And like, I had hopes that it would be good, but I mean, just like, I just like, I don't know. Like I, I, I know where this goes. And I think that that's, you know, I think that that's where I was coming from. It's just like, I don't know. I can't see it being something, you know, that's going to rise above that. Um, so there was, there was that whole element to it. And I, and, you know, I didn't think that it, I think it, and I think it delivered on my expectations. So that's why I was surprised when like a ton of people were giving it a lot of praise and I was just like, you know, I don't like, I don't see it. So, but I do, I do want to mention, um, the thing that, the thing that I, uh, the thing that kind of bothered me in this movie was that there's just, there's so much, there's like so much Chekhov's gun going on in this movie. Like <laughs> on the walk home, I told Steven, I, I called out the, the Chekhov's gun stuff and I was like, you know, I was glad to watch a movie where the Chekhov's gun stuff didn't bother me. And I actually enjoyed <laughs> it. <laughs> no, dude, it bothered me every time it bothered me because it, it like stood out so hard like come on the the whole the whole like you, you you have to at least give them the freezing the lock thing because it's a shitty situation and like she keeps leaving that keys behind and it keeps like zooming in on the keys like you didn't bring the keys dude and i you- i totally forgot about freezing the lock but that was that was another one where i was like of course that's going to come back into play 
but it, but but that one worked. I, I felt like that was a good payoff. Yeah, but you knew it was going to come back. Like I, I just that that was my problem. It wasn't so much the payoff. It was like the fact that like they set it up so hard that it was like, oh, okay, you know this is coming back. Like even the even the liquor bottle in the beginning where it lingers on it, you know that okay, shot. That was really annoying. I didn't yeah. like that. It's the one thing he didn't bring into the cellar, even though he knows he's going to be in there for a year. <laughs> like why would he not bring the liquor bottle? Um, and even like the stuff with like Megan, where he shows her the photo and you see the earrings, it's like, well, of course this is going to come back into play. Um, like, I feel like everything that was introduced came back in some way, you know, like her being a, a, a wannabe fashion designer, uh, and yeah, that, that, so, so I did have a little bit of a problem with the wanting, uh, the wannabe fashion designer thing because, the way she gets the idea is not because she's skilled at fashion designing, but because they have a book on how to survive an apocalypse and the book tells you how to do a makeshift thing. So it's like with the book, she could still make that. The only reason that her being a fashion designer makes it better is that it can be a form fitting suit instead of being yeah. like well, a baggy we'll, hazmat suit. We'll get to that in a second, but uh, that specifically. But I, I was just saying like, Everything that's introduced in the movie just feels very like, look at it, like, this is going to be important later. It's not like, it doesn't feel like a throwaway thing that, where you're just kind of like, not, you know, it doesn't feel throwaway, and then all of a sudden it comes back, and you're like, oh, like, I didn't expect that, you know, obviously that's how it works, but, um, like, everything that they just introduced, it feels just very, like, forced and, like, this will come back into play, you know, I don't know. I, I just feel like that there's just a ton of them in this movie. Like the, almost the whole movie is like is just one big Chekhov's gun. Ten, <laughs> ten Chekhov guns lane. <laughs> like it's 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 a uh, it's a Chekhov's bomb shelter. It's just everything is everything chaos. in it was yeah. I almost expected that that cat scuba dive, diving puzzle to come back in later when when he was just all like, oh, we're out of pieces, like, no more. <laughs> or if he's like, he's like, look, the cat's got no eyes, and then instead of actually getting shot in the face, he just gets his face dipped in the acid, and <laughs> it makes it so he can't see. <laughs> <laughs> or that she, was, like that. she was gonna find the, like, the one missing puzzle piece, like, underneath somewhere, and use it to, like, you know, do something, pick a lock, you know, uh, help glue together her suit, her makeshift suit. Um... Which, that, that was the other thing, because, like, okay, so this movie, you know how I am not the person at all to point out plot holes, but, like, I feel like this movie, it's so glaring that even I was picking up on them, like, while watching it, and one of them was that hazmat suit that she makes out of a shower curtain, which, I, I'm not 100%, but, like, I'm pretty sure sh that shower curtain could not fit her body I'm just, I'm just saying, cause like, I feel like that this is stuff that like you would take down. So I'm putting on my schnaze hat and, and playing some devil's advocate because I, I feel like this stuff was very glaring to me. And like, even I noticed it and it's, it's funny. Cause like, I, even I was thinking that like that kind of stuff, like you would totally rip apart if it was in another movie. Like, don't you think like that that you would not be down with the with the shower hazmat suit? Because like, no. So so like like I said, if if the if the thing was that like she was digging through books and she found his survival guide and it said like because the idea is that they want to escape and and something has happened in the story that makes her finally believe that 
there is actually poisonous air outside. So she knows she can't – so even if she can escape, which she has already figured out a way that she thinks she can, she knows she can't actually go out there because there is something wrong outside. So I'm, I don't have a problem with them taking supplies and building the hazmat suit. What is a bigger glaring hole to me is that this guy is a conspiracy nut who built a bomb shelter and didn't think to stock it with hazmat suits. Yeah, that's <laughs> like pretty that, dumb that's too. The, that's the real problem. But like, <laughs> but the shower curtain thing, I'm totally fine with because, like, of all the the items that they have available to them, like duct tape and tarp material, plastic is is like it. Make, to me, to me, I was that didn't bother me. I mean, I feel like, but but for her soda bottle breathing apparatus, like I feel like there was not anything around that would pull that off like i feel like her just ripping the page out of the survival book and then we're just supposed to think okay whatever's in there is she can make out of household objects well, and no, then they, and they, then she did have some sort of filter like there was a brand the thing that actually went in the edge of it was like an actual legitimate filter from something like yeah but i mean the big kicker is when she gets outside it's like really shower curtain hazmat and soda bottle uh are greater than alien gas well she she didn't know it was alien gas she just thought it was like a biochemical agent that was yeah but she still gets sprayed with alien gas from the ship and and is okay you know doesn't doesn't get you know zapped or whatever well, we don't. We have no idea how long it lasts. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, this is the kind of stuff, like, the, hey, hey, if a needle in the heart can save you from VX poison gas, then a uh, soda bottle can can save you. I'm just saying that, like, there's there's stuff like in the movie Signs that is that is similar similarly just as dumb. You know, like, why did the aliens come to Earth when their weakness is water? You know. Uh, why did, you know, how they can fly, you know, millions and millions of miles through space in obviously a spaceship, yet they can't open a f***ing door. What if if their propulsion system is powered by water, so they need the water, but they just can't touch it? Yeah, I mean, these are things that, like... Also, spoilers for signs. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) From 14 years ago. Um, But, I I mean, but I feel like signs is a much, is, is is a much better film and it's it's well it's just much better executed so like you're able to forgive a lot of those things and go along with it because like you know there's a lot of tension in the moment and it's like okay i'm not thinking of that i feel like since there was zero tension in this movie like and that and that these sort of plot holes that usually i'm not picking up on were so glaring like overly glaring that even i was like really like this just seems like it was not thought through at all like when they were when they were scripting this out and especially the the molotov cocktail scene where she's just like you know throws it up into the ship and like that's it like that i mean it was almost so dopey it worked but it was pretty dopey <laughs> yeah i like i said i wish it would have cut to black before any of that happened yeah i mean there's just a lot of stuff that i felt like that uh I don't know, like I, I, the 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 amount of minutia that you tore apart in Triple Nine, I felt like there's just as much in this movie. Yeah, well, it was really weird the one scene where John Gallagher Jr. showed up with a gun to try to uh, <laughs> warn Mary Elizabeth Winstead about John. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, well, that that's that scene where John Goodman shoots him uh, was like the the scene that I alluded to. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew you were talking about that earlier. I oh, mean, yeah, and, yeah. And, that's right. Because I said it. <laughs> You're gonna have to bleep it out. <laughs> but but here here's the thing though is like you you like that um you you like that because it was so like out of the blue one of the things i love about that is it's not only is it out of the blue and you're like oh shit but then the way he tries to comfort her as if he was protecting her from him yeah like it makes that even more creepy uh it's it's it's, I just def- really, it's I, definitely I, the best moment in all of the cellar sequences yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because and that's the other thing too is just like so. Uh, John Goodman took a face full of acid. Yet he was able to get up and you know chase her around a little bit more. Well, I mean, it, it burnt. I mean, hey, uh, no, I'm, hey, I, I, I was going to make saying, a. It also it the acid also spilled onto the parquet floor, which didn't start bubbling or ignite. So it it, it was set it design. Was smoking. It was smoking. It, the the electrical outlet was smoking. But the but the parquet floor, man, that that didn't even bubble up. What was that made out of? I guess alien strength. Uh, it's probably made out of the same material that they make the barrel out of. <laughs> well, that's why that's why you got to get the the plastic ones, yo, so it doesn't yeah. fall through your ceiling. Mister White, what material <laughs> do I need? <laughs> Science, bitches. <laughs> um. Yeah, magnets, bitch, or whatever. Um, Fuck you, science. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so... There was just a lot of stuff in there that I even I noticed. That was my point, is that even I was, like, rolling my eyes most of the time at that. But it was mostly the Chekhov's gun stuff. Like, all that stuff just felt really forced. And that that was a big component into why I... I, I didn't think any of it was was unpredictable because it was all just like, oh, and that's it. Okay, that's the other thing is that, so I said there could be only one of two outcomes. And that's what, and that's what I like. Okay, like, and I know that my girlfriend was like trying to ruin the movie for everybody, but I staved it off. Like, I didn't know anything. Trust me, I didn't know anything going in other than Bradley Cooper had a voice cameo for some reason. Um, but <laughs> so what's funny is like the whole time that I was like, I know who that is. I just can't think of it right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, I, but, so while the movie is happening, I'm like, this movie can only end one of, one of two ways. One, she gets out and the monsters are there, you know, the Cloverfield monsters there or the aliens, whatever. Uh, or two, you know, she gets out and it's it's a fake out which they do it's it's almost like the, like the the way this movie ends is like a combination of all three because it's like either she gets out and john goodman's wrong or she gets out and he's right um and it's or you know he she gets out and she thinks he's wrong but he's right you know what i mean and they, i like how you just confused yourself i was like oh shit wait where am i um but well, and, she gets out but she's just in a bigger shelter underground yeah or if she gets out and the maze runner kid's there Dude, that that alien ship looked very, very YA, like uh, Fifth Wave or something. Like it, it, it looked like it could have. I wouldn't be surprised if, if like, uh, if the if the Skirch trials were like, come on, now you're a part of it. I, I wouldn't surprise me. But anyway, um, so yeah, like that is 
that is what I was thinking this whole time. I was like, because like, there's no way this movie is going to completely upend that. Like, I feel like there's, it's not risky enough to to pull something completely different. I feel like it, it's got to be that. And they they sort of combine like all three scenarios where, you know, she gets out. Oh, haha, he was just crazy. And then it's like, oh, shit, he wasn't. And then, you know, kind of Cloverfield monsters. I, I, I guess for me, I was able to watch it and by the end of it, disconnect myself from its association with Cloverfield. But I, I wish in a world I could hear your reaction to it if you weren't primed for it to be an ending of that but, type. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so let's let's just say that, you know, like I said, like, let's say they release this movie as the seller and it didn't have the alien stuff in it the Cloverfield stuff. Um, that's the, I, I, I would still have the same reaction, which is that it's going to end one of two ways. She gets out and thinks, you know, he's either wrong or he's right, or it's a combination of both. Um, and it's just cause like that, that you get that feeling throughout the whole movie that it's not going to do anything more. And, and then I also looked at it the other way, which is, what if it was called, what if it was released as the seller, but it had this same ending, um, and you didn't know that was going to go that way? Like, I feel like it would, it would definitely be out of left field. It would still be a little more surprising, but it would still kind of just be, I, I don't think it would be completely, it wouldn't completely redeem it, you know what I mean, where... It was like a sort of wow I'm in the end type of deal. I think it would definitely make me leave going like, oh, well, at least they tried, you know, at the end. Like, it, I, I would definitely have a sense of like, okay, at least it was something at the end. <laughs> so you, know you know have the same reaction I had to break? <laughs> to Oh, to break, yeah. <laughs> Where I was like, slow clap, clap, slow clap. <laughs> but that had, like a, that had like a double twist ending, if I remember, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, because it was like, it's a training program, but not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to bleep all that out, right? <laughs> Whatever. Spoilers. Spoilers for Break, a movie that, like, only we saw. <laughs> <laughs> you probably wouldn't even have watched it if I wasn't like, dude, I got to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was back when, you know, anyway, I don't I don't even know if Steven Dorff saw that movie. <laughs> By the way, I also watched American Hero. <laughs> yeah, I know. For some reason, Chris is just will not break his diehard faith to these <laughs> crappy found footage or whatever movies. Dude, it, it's two hours and four dollars. Like, I, I, I can, I like, all I'm doing is sitting at home alone anyway. So I might as well waste four dollars renting a movie yeah, like but that. There's just so much better things. There's so much better. I'm sure this movie is a lot better than that. I can tell you right now. Yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, but that's a, like, it all goes back to the thing, the tricky thing of like, you know, how do you, like, there's so many different ways you could look at this movie. I think that any way, at least that I look at it, is not good. I feel like there are some scenarios that are slightly better but it still just would be a a kind of a meh movie <laughs> all right <laughs> so you know there you go once again agree to disagree <laughs> <laughs> 
I think, uh, yeah. All right, well, should we uh, close this out? All right. All right, it's already spoilers, so I might just take what I'm about to say and insert it earlier before we got to spoilers, but thank you guys for listening. (laughs) 